Joy to the world. Jesus came to bring the world peace. Let's just start off with some scripture from Luke chapter 2, 18 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, one of the most recognized uh, Bible verses uh, is Luke 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Or perhaps the King James Version is a little bit more familiar. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, that's the way Linus said it. The, the King James Version uh, is, uh, even though we're kind of familiar, more familiar with it maybe, that's the most quoted one, uh, it can be a little confusing uh, the way it's worded because it sounds like it's saying that Jesus came to bring peace on earth. Uh, many have looked at that verse and thought, well, that sure didn't work out very well, did it? <laughs> if that's what he came for. Uh, there certainly has not been peace on earth since Jesus was born. Every generation since then has seen wars and rumors of wars and great turmoil. Nations and families have been destroyed by conflict in, in every generation since the coming of Jesus. <clears throat> so where's all this peace that the angels promised? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if all the evil that causes physical wars was just eliminated? You know, imagine a world free from Nazis, fascists, and communists. You know, how great would it be if the world never again had to deal with groups of people uh, or who, would, who only want to destroy and kill and oppress for their own gain? No, no, imagine a world where there's no need for nuclear weapons or tanks or smart bombs, landmines, IEDs, drone strikes. Imagine a world like that. Is that what the angels were talking about when they promised peace, the total lack of war and earthly turmoil? Well, if it was, that sure hasn't worked out very well, has it? Uh, not much peace. Not a whole lot of goodwill towards men overall. What were the angels promising to the shepherds? If not a world free from conflict, what kind of peace were they promising them? Well, I think the NIV uh, uh, and, and many of the more recent um, versions, translations of the New Testament, comes a little closer to describing this promised peace that Jesus would bring uh, to the world. It, it's not a blanket peace to everyone on earth. It's not the end of all earthly wars and turmoil uh, 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 in this life that, that we live in this fallen world. Uh, the end of tyrant dictators, uh, the end of the greedy and power-hungry leaders who, again, oppress people for their own gain. No, it's not, that's not what the angels were promising. No, the peace that the angels promised that Jesus was, would bring is an individual inner peace that every person can have 
when they find favor with God. The word peace is the Greek word irinai. Uh, Irinai is a set of favorable circumstances involving peace and tranquility. Now, what does tranquility mean? Tranquility is the state of being free from agitation of mind and spirit. The state of being free from the agitation of mind and spirit. Jesus didn't come to stop the Adolf Hitlers and and the Joseph Stalins and the Taliban's of this world. He didn't come to end uh, aggression between nations. That's what the Jews hoped and thought that Jesus or the Messiah would do. That kind of peace will not come in our lifetime as long as the earth uh, is is here. Uh, It will only come when Jesus returns the second time to bring us all home to live with him. And then all wars and Rumors of wars will end. The peace that the angels promised at his first coming when he was born in Bethlehem was a peace that God can give each of us individually in our relationship with him. And as a result, it can help us develop peaceful relationships with each other as individuals. Peace comes from God. You know, the source of tranquility of mind and spirit is God. Several of the New Testament letters end uh, with a prayer uh, like this, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11. May the God of love and peace be with you. And then 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. God created this world uh, in the very beginning, when we we see the the beginning in Genesis, to to live in perfect peace. Um, In the beginning, there was no hatred. There was freedom from hatred, freedom from fighting. There was no greed. There was no hunger for power in the very beginning. Uh, There was freedom from selfishness and envy. All of which, all of those things that I just described, uh, lead to the disruption of peace. God created a world that was just like heaven in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It was totally free of conflict. In the Garden with Adam and Eve, there was perfect peace. And it was just the way God intended it and wanted it to be. But then, if you know the story... Sin entered the world when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. Almost immediately, the peace of the garden was destroyed. It was disrupted. They were thrown out of the garden. No longer to enjoy the the perfect pleasures that were there. Sin then created a, a separation between man and God. The peace that they enjoyed before they sinned was destroyed. And in a spiritual sense, the peace was destroyed with God. There was no longer any peace between God and man. Before, Adam and Eve could walk with God and talk with him in the cool of the evening. But when sin entered the world, that could no longer happen. Our sin condemned us and we could not be with God like we were before. Sin and peace, you see, cannot coexist together. 
So therefore, God and, uh, and you and I cannot coexist together. Even though God loves us very, very, very much, God had no choice but to condemn us to eternal separation from Him because of our sin. But thankfully, God was not satisfied with that. He didn't want it to stay that way. Even though we continue to make sinful choices, God came up with a way to reunite us, to get rid of the war between us and Him, to reestablish peace. He was determined to do something about our separation from Him because of our sin. And the answer was, of course, Jesus. God sent His Son to be born as a man. We celebrate that during this time of the year. He grew up uh, from that baby in the manger, and He lived a perfect life. That's a key point about Jesus. He never sinned. He was free from sin. And then he took that perfect life, that sinless life, and he offered it as a sacrifice on the cross for us. And if we place our faith in Jesus to be our Savior, God will then allow Jesus' death on the cross to pay for our sin. And if our sin is forgiven then the barrier that kept us separated from him, that ruined our relationship with him, the barrier is removed. And as a result, now, through Jesus, we can have peace with God. The relationship is fixed. It's no longer broken. God made this peace possible because of his great love for you and me. Without his love there would be no peace. Peace comes from God. Peace is given to us. It's given to us. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is part of the passage that we discussed this past Wednesday night, as as Chuck was pointing out in his devotion this morning. Um, We had a good discussion about Jesus and and, uh, and, and the peace that that he was going to leave, even though there was going to be turmoil. Jesus was talking to his disciples, if you look at John chapter 14, uh, and uh, the fears that they were experiencing or were going to experience. Jesus, if you read the chapters before that, he had just informed them that he was about to die a horrible death. Uh, Jesus told them that one of them was going to betray him and that another was going to deny him. And any peace that they may have felt before that was just totally destroyed. What? What? You're going to die? We're gonna... Who's going to betray you? Who's going to deny you? Peter, I, I'll never deny you. No. All they could see after Jesus told them that was just doom and gloom and, and everything. But then Jesus spoke words of comfort to them. He told them, don't be afraid. John 14, verse 1 Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. How could they not be afraid after Jesus had told them these things were going to happen? Well, Jesus explained, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Even though these terrible things are going to happen, I leave my peace with you. So 
do not give, I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. It's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. How could there be peace among the disciples if Jesus was killed and two among them would abandon him? How could there be peace? Jesus said, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. The peace that God gives us is not like the world's peace. And they needed to understand that. The world's peace is fleeting. It's just temporary. It's here today and gone tomorrow. The world's peace depends on the circumstances that we face. If the circumstances are good, maybe we can have some peace. If they're not, no. The world's peace depends on the decisions of world powers or the decisions of of other people in our lives that we're in relationship with. Peace can be given, but then it can be quickly taken away, just like that. But God gives us peace that is eternal God's peace can be found even when worldly peace disintegrates all around us. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. He said, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this is what will happen if you'll do that. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Tranquility, tranquility in mind and spirit can be yours, even when everything around you is falling apart. If we'll just replace that with prayer. How can we have tranquility of mind and spirit when things around us are are making us anxious and worried? Jesus explains to his disciples in in John 14. uh, First, the world's not your home. This is not where you're going to live for eternity. All the things that disrupt our peace one day will no longer exist. When Jesus comes to take us home to our eternal home, where we'll live for eternity, John 14, 2 through 7. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you there. This world is not our home. He also said and reminded them that we're going to have the presence of God living in us, even even in the midst of the turmoil around us. Jesus promised that he was going to send the advocate or the Holy Spirit to help us deal with the things in life that seek to disrupt our peace, to help us get through them and to put them in perspective and give us comfort. John 14, 16 through 18. And that's why Paul calls us to replace anxiety with prayer replace anxiety with prayer ask the holy spirit help me not to worry about this holy spirit help me not to be so anxious about this that's going on give me peace to remind us of the blessings that we have despite the things that cause us to worry god help me to put things in perspective, to remind us that this is not our permanent home. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this stinks, but one day, one day, all this will be gone. If we will ask God to comfort us and trust in Him to do it, God can give us tranquility of mind and spirit, no matter what we face in this life. 
Now, that's not an easy thing to do, is it? It isn't for me, and I bet it's not for many of you as well. Wars that rage around us in this world and in our lives can be overwhelming sometimes. And it's difficult to just stop and give it to God and replace that anxiety with prayer and remember those promises. But God can give us peace in the midst of those wars if we'll trust in Him to do it and ask Him to do it. One of the common phrases of of Christmas these days is simply the word believe. If you go back in the fellowship hall, there's a big word, believe, on the wall back there. Um, If you've seen the movie, uh, The the Polar Express, which is a a fun little Christmas movie, um, the theme of that story is that uh, there are some things in life that you simply must just believe. Uh, The story, of course, is centered around the, the secular story of Santa Claus and whether this young boy truly believes in him anymore. And, and in a greater sense, whether he believes in the spirit of Christmas. But, but while this, that is a fictional story, and we all understand that, it, it does reveal a truth that Jesus encouraged the disciples to develop in John 14. He just said, believe in me. And he's not Santa Claus. He's the Son of God. Believe in me. Believe what I say. If I say it's going to happen, believe it'll happen. Believe what I've done for the, for the apostles. Uh, and then when we read those accounts, those miracles that he performed, uh, healing of diseases, raising people from the dead, walking on water, uh, believe what he's done. And as he told them, believe what I'm, I'm going to do some things that's going to make you even believe even more when I rise from the grave. Believe even more that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Pray for peace in the midst of raging wars around you and believe that God can give you the tranquility of heart and spirit. Believe it. Just understand who Jesus is and believe in Him. Jesus is the Son of God, and the Spirit of God is living in us, ready and willing to give you peace if we'll just ask for it and seek it. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a a fruit that that God offers each of us when we know Him as our Savior. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, this is Uh, uh, the fruit that the Holy Spirit will provide for each of us if we'll just allow Him to. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God's peace doesn't come from any power that we create within us. Oh, I'm going to white-knuckle it until I can have peace. It's not something that that we create because of our determination. No, it comes from God's power that He gives us through His Spirit. Peace comes from God, not from us. So let's yield our heart and our life to Him. And His peace can be ours no matter what life throws at us. And then finally, God calls us to make peace with others. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.16, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. 
They must turn from evil and do good, and they must seek peace and pursue it. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Jesus said in Matthew 5.9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The Hebrew writer said, Make every effort to live in peace with every, everyone and to be holy. And then the Apostle Paul again in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, you and I can, can't bring peace to the Middle East or to Afghanistan, can we? We have no power to do that. I don't think anybody has power to do that. Other, uh, you know, other than voting, uh, you and I, we can vote and we can choose our candidate. But other than voting... We can't do anything about the wars that rage in Washington between the left and the right, other than just be frustrated. But we can have an effect on bringing peace in our personal relationships. It takes two to fight, doesn't it? It takes two to fight, to have a real fight. So rather than returning fire, God calls us to use the power that the Holy Spirit gives us, uh, the fruit of peace, to seek peace. First Thessalonians 5.15, Paul wrote, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always tries to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. You know, re retaliation, I've discovered in my life, never solves anything. It only makes things worse. Our flesh wants to fire back, doesn't it? to get them back, to, to do to them what they did to us, um, to, to pay back a, a, a wrong with a wrong, <laughs> to pay back a sin with another sin. Somehow we think that that's going to make us feel better, and maybe it does just for a second, <laughs> but then that's gone. Or maybe we think that if I pay them back, that'll solve the problem. Then they'll see. But it never does, does it? It never does. It always makes it worse. Payback only prolongs the war. God calls us to be peacemakers. Offer forgiveness or ask for forgiveness in relationships. Try to understand what, the co what caused this conflict anyway. What role did I play in causing it? Was it something I said or did or neglected? Own up to your part, or I need to own up to my part. Admit our mistakes if we made them. Agree to disagree. You don't have to be proven right. Agree to disagree, and let's just move on. Let's just move on. It's not worth fighting over. Shake hands. Let's seek to put it behind us. You know, there's no guarantee that the other person or other party will accept your apology or will agree to put it behind them like you want to do. Uh, but at least your role in the war is no longer fueling the fire. And many times, a sincere apology, an admission of wrong, a desire to move on past a disagreement, goes a long way to creating and or restoring peace between you and another person. And even if they don't want to have peace, 
you can find peace in knowing that at least you're doing your part to be a peacemaker, which is all that God asks you to do. That's all he asks you to do. Peace is only possible if at least one party seeks it. So start with you. <laughs> start with you. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. I'm not going to apologize. They're the ones that fall. They need to apologize. No, just you be the one. You be the one that seeks peace. Let the Holy Spirit give you the strength to be a peacemaker. Because it's not always easy, and you need that strength. So is there a relationship in your life that's in conflict right now? That you need to do as God calls you to do, calls us to do, and seek to be a peacemaker? If you are at fault in, in why the conflict even exists, or maybe partly at fault, most of the time there's, there's guilt for both sides, reach out a hand, admit your mistake, admit the wrong that you had, ask for forgiveness, pursue peace. Maybe the conflict was completely their fault. God still wants us to be a peacemaker, even if it was their fault. Part of that is a willingness to just forgive them of the wrong that they committed to them. You know, it's not always easy to forgive, but remember, God forgave and made peace with us even though we continue to sin against Him. He was willing, even though we've hurt Him, to make peace with us. And he calls us to do the very same thing when other people sin against us. What a great uh, humbling thought whenever we're trying to consider whether we should forgive somebody or not. Oh, that's right, God, you forgave me, even though I just told a lie yesterday or committed some sin a moment ago. You still keep making peace with me, even though I keep sinning against you. Why shouldn't we do the same to others? And that's what God calls us to do. Remember, forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget what they did. It doesn't mean that you're condoning what they did. It doesn't mean that you have to trust them again. That has to be earned. Forgiveness is a willingness to no longer hold a grudge in your heart, which hurts, always hurts you more than it does them. Half the time, they don't even know you're holding a grudge against them. Making peace means the nasty texts stop. Making peace means talking them down to others stops. Making peace meaning, means uh, the turning your children and your friends against them stops. You stop the fighting. Maybe they don't, but you do. Let's start being a peacemaker today. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The God of peace came down to earth to make peace possible in our relationship with him. With, with the guilt of sin gone, the conflict with God is over. Heaven awaits us when we accept that peace through Jesus. And God gives us, as God gives us his peace, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for giving us peace. Lord, certainly we see that 
Uh, there is no peace in this world. It's fleeting. It's, uh, it, there never will be permanent peace in this physical world because sin exists and evil people, uh, greedy people, will always be here until, until you come again. And so there will always be wars and disruptions. Um, but we can have inner peace in our, in our hearts and in our spirits and our souls, um, starting with our relationship with you. When we just proclaim, we believe that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for us. And we place our faith in you and commit our lives to serving you. Uh, we have peace with you. Even though we're sinners, we have peace with you and the conflict is over. So, Lord, if there's someone here today that's never done that, that has never embraced Jesus as their Savior, I pray, pray that they will do as Jesus said, and they'll believe who Jesus is, that he's their Savior, and accept him as their Savior and have peace. And, Lord, if, uh, if there's a conflict going on in our lives with uh, someone, maybe it's a conflict that's gone on for years, or maybe it's one that's just recently started at work or at home or with a friend or, uh, uh, I pray that, that we can do as Jesus called, as you have made peace with us, that we can make peace with others. Give us the, the strength to be peacemakers. Father, thank you so much for peace. In Jesus' name, amen.